Bill, that was uh, Robert Thurman. A another really, thank you for getting him. He was fantastic. And uh, for our listeners out there, for those that have been supporting us, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we've mentioned we've been on the air now, I don't know, close to five years, probably 260 or so interviews. And uh, we, you know, we have not monetized the show, uh, but we need to to keep going forward. So uh, if you go to our website, uh, spiritmatterstalk.com, uh, there'll be a, uh, a button you can push there, a red button that allow you to help support us uh, through PayPal usually. And, uh, you know, we're not a nonprofit, so it's not a donation. It's a contribution to help keep us on the air. And if we're going to keep on the air, we're going to have to do that. And those that have already helped, we want to thank you very, very much for your generosity. And uh, we'll keep doing it as long as we can. And, you know, we could, we've also, our, our, Phil and I are committed to keeping this free. So if you can't afford to help, keep listening. But if you can, uh, uh, it'll be great for you and, and for others. All okay. right. So, uh, End wonder, of commercial. What an, yeah. <laughs> what an interesting uh, gentleman. What, a, what an amazing yeah. scholar and, uh, and, uh, and, and spiritual sort of seeker. Oh, beyond seeker. Uh, he's, a, he's someone who found a lot. But, no, I was so delighted that we could get him. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a long time. You know, and um, I know people who know him and always uh, speak so highly of him. And I've read his stuff. I've seen him speak. And, you know, this is this is uh, somebody who's uh, been around the spiritual scene since before even you and me. You know, right. it was like I first got involved. He's, he's kind of I place him in time somewhere between like the beat generation of Zen Buddhists and the, you know, counterculture of the, of the late sixties, like you and I, who, right. who, um, you know, discovered, uh, the gurus who were coming at that time and, and all that. And, and, and he bridges those worlds and then, you know, has been a leading figure, if not the leading Western figure, in uh, bringing Tibetan Buddhism into our awareness and, you know, helping the Dalai Lama for, you know, more than 50 years now. Right. He, he, he preceded us in terms of being on the spiritual scene in the U.S., you know, in, in that, uh, you know, the, the spiritual spirituality that was coming from the East. I think he, he started in about 62. So that was still, I think, beat generation, almost like what we call beatnik time. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, it preceded the, the sort of hippie, the 60s, when uh, Eastern uh, influence came in a big way, which you can read about in Phil's book, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, uh, American Veda. And, uh, but in any event, um, he's also, you know, he's a guy that speaks with great authority. He, he has uh, his Ph.D. in Sanskrit from Harvard University. Uh, he... Um, uh, he's probably the one of the closest people in the West to the Dalai Lama. Yeah. And like you said, it's been 50 years. So he comes across, I mean, he's, he's a scholar and he's also a practitioner. He's somebody who uh, uh, is very committed to, to inner, inner development, but also has a great ability to explain it uh, to anyone. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the message, uh, especially as you hear toward the end of the, interview is very, very practical to today's world and what's going on. And he's an optimist on top of that. Yeah. 
No, I, I think he's a great example of somebody who uh, keeps it real, as I said at the end of the interview. And, you know, he's he's a, a great scholar. You know, you don't teach at Columbia and get tenure for all these years. He's a very popular professor. And he's a, a popularizer in the sense some of his books are, you know, sort of applying Tibetan Buddhism or Buddhist principles in general to, you know, everyday life and to ordinary people. And, um, but at the same time, he's very engaged. You know, he obviously cares a lot about world conditions. He knows about it. He's, he's involved in the environmental movement and other things. And, and so I think in that sense, he's, he's not only somebody we can learn from, but uh, he's, he's uh, offering uh, as an elder, uh, a good uh, sort of engaged spirituality that I think is is really needed right now. I you know there are a few questions I wish I could have answered asked him. I, for example, I was curious, and maybe we can get him back on um, whether in his role as a scholar of religion at a Ivy League school. He ever had any uh, problem or resistance from uh, fellow scholars for also being an advocate and a sort of uh, almost like a representative of a tradition and a practitioner as well, because in certain certain some er areas of academic life, that's sort of frowned upon. I, 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 I mean, I would think, Bill, if he taught something uh, like a, a comparative religion course, that would be a problem. My guess is that his courses at Columbia, and he taught at Amherst before that, I think he might have even taught Sanskrit at, at Amherst, but at Columbia, let's say he was teaching Tibetan Buddhism. Tibetan Buddhism, because of what happened in China, and also because of his relationship with the Dalai Lama, I, I would think that most students going into his class would uh, expect him to be somewhat of an advocate. Okay. That may be or, true, yeah. Or the freedom of expression of religion in a country uh, you know, and against the repression, but yeah. also that uh, uh, he, uh, yeah, he, and and, and um, it's not, uh, Buddhism, unlike some other religions, uh, is not, so, like Christianity, for instance, is not one of proselytizing so much, even though one can participate, actually one can participate and still maintain any religion one wanted. So I think it's uh, less dogmatic like that, but yeah, it, it would have been. It, it's a good question for him. It might have been. Yeah. It's probably something he has run into on occasion. I, I loved, and I, you know, I know people who know him, and he's a great. They talk about him being a great raconteur and a funny guy and a storyteller. And one of the things I loved was his description of the Dalai Lama, and I really resonated with it when he said that you know they started out as sort of friends, and they've maintained that relationship. And I've met gurus. And, you know, who are worshipped and, you know, people hold them in great reverence. And, you know, in India, they touch their feet and, you know, they're always, you know, uh, in this world of being put up on a pedestal. And and then I've been with some of them privately or in small groups and, and they just love being treated as a real person just at times when they could just let their hair down and not be in the role of guru or, you know, spiritual master. 
And I, I got that impression uh, from his relationship with the Dalai Lama. It's absolutely funny. He said he'd meet with the Dalai Lama to have a great meeting. And then his uh, secretaries would aggressively come in yeah. and so they could keep him, not not drag him out, but, you know, uh, uh, make sure that the, the Dalai Lama could meet his other commitments. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I, it sounds like his relationship with the Dalai Lama was uh, uh, more than anything else, one of uh, friendship. Yeah, it's uh, but a beautiful thing. Great, great reverence for the Dalai Lama, as, as I'm sure the Dalai Lama has great respect for him. And, you know, he but I can't think of anybody in the West that probably has more scholarly knowledge of uh, of Tibetan Buddhism. But it's uh, not his his scholarship goes beyond Tibetan yeah. Buddhism. That's one of the things that I yeah. wish we could have talked to him. He alluded to some of the people in, you know, I think people are more sophisticated now, but um, they've. Often in the West, we don't realize how diverse Buddhism is. You know, mm -hmm. we, we tend to, you know, essentialize things. And I remember my first exposure to Buddhism back in the day was, you know, reading about Zen. And, you know, the beat poets and, 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 and it, you know, this sort of Zen sensibility and the Zen uh, artwork and, and all that and, and Zen poetry and the Zen stories. Um, and then, you know, years later, you discover, well, there's other forms of Buddhism that are vastly different. And the popularity now of Tibetan Buddhism, because of the Dalai Lama and, and people like Robert Thurman and Richard Gere and other people, um, I, the Tibetan Buddhism is so vastly different from have, have Zen. You been, have you been to the Tibetan house in New York? Yes. And yes. The, to where, where is it in New York? Tell us about it. It's on 15th Street, I believe, right near Union Square. And it's, you know, in a small building. It's, it's not a very big place, but it, you know, it has offices and uh, exhibit space and a little uh, fairly small area for, you know, uh, doing rituals and giving talks and, you know, things like that. They have a library, as I recall, and a bookshop. And I went, the last time I was there, um, they had some special exhibits. So I, I, I walked over from where I was staying and it was just wonderful, you know, little refuge in the middle of the city. Uh, and, um, you know, sort of not far from Chelsea, not far from Greenwich Village, right near Union Square. And, um, it's great. The beautiful, big uh, pieces of uh, Tibetan Buddhist art. Um, so I would recommend, and they they have programs there all the time. So if people in New York should you know check them out online. Look, well, find out what's going on. Hopefully it's open. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, things. yeah. That's I'm I'm thinking of ordinary times. It may not be open, but um, it probably is not. But um, at you know, during the pandemic, but p people will be listening to this interview years from now. And I hope that, you know, people go to it. And it's also, you know, a place that is supporting the Tibetan cause, you know, the, for, you know, the, to, to, the uh, conflict with the Chinese government. And so uh, it's, it's worth supporting just for that. Well, Phil, uh, excellent. And uh, if people wanted to listen, if you want to make sure people listen to this years from now, uh, help support us, 
uh, go to spiritmatterstalk.com and uh, hit the red button. And uh, again, it's not a contrib- it's a contribution. It's not a donation. We're not a nonprofit, so it is not tax deductible. Uh, but please, uh, any help you can give us is great. Uh, whether you can help us or not, keep listening, and we'll attempt to stay on the air. All okay. right. So, Thanks, and Dennis. thank you those that have helped so far. So thank you very much. Till next time. Bye.